Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. 51 yard attempt for Joey Sly. And his kick is good. Shutout avoided. Buffalo goes to two and one, and they'll host Miami in a big one next week. Josh Allen, a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. Sam Howell, four interceptions for the Commanders, who fall to two and one. And next week, they travel to Philadelphia. Welcome back to Commanders Uncensored. Washington loses this one 37 to three. Braden, how are you feeling about that loss? Not happy, I can tell you that. Not happy at all. So, before we get into it, then I guess, Braden, I'll, I'll just say, we get there early, it's rainy, it's cloudy, it's calling for, um, I guess, on and off showers all day. We thought it was going to clear up, and it did, but it, it also rained a little bit during the game. Pre-game, in my opinion, was great. What do you think, Braden? Yeah, pre-game's always great. You know, pre-game, pre-game, you know, it ain't going to let you down like the team. Pre-game, we're we going to get that done. We're going to do that together as a team. But, man, the game was not there, but the pre-game is always there. Pre-game always on top. The pre-game was great. So, we walked over to the red zone lot. If you have not been over to the tailgate corner i would highly recommend that any fan go over they will take washington fans and they take the opposing fans they aren't going to throw beer on you they're going to be very nice to you it's in the i guess the left hand top corner of the red zone lot it's the tailgate corner um after that we then you know we, we walked around to the different um, lots, I guess, like the orange lot, whatever. And then we went into the Legends Plaza. And Braden, you had a chance to get some pictures taken. I took some pictures with um, Mark Rippin, Mark Mosley, uh, B. Mitch, Santana Moss. So, like, what did you think, or, or like, I guess, how could you explain that to the people? Like, how was that to get to meet some of the old legends? Yeah, uh, it was definitely awesome, you know. You kind of think of them as made-up characters in a way, then you get to see them in real life, so it's cool to realize they're actually human like you. Um, then, you, I, you know, I just want to be there and talk to them more. I want to have a conversation, not just a picture, but it was great to that they were out getting pictures. I didn't realize how freaking big Mark Rippin was. That dude looks like he could just eat me for lunch if he wanted to. Like, that guy is huge. Um, San, Santana Moss. One of my favorite guys watching. I got to watch him. He, cool guy meeting him. So, yeah, it was great. Great meeting all the guys. And I didn't even know who Mark Mosley was. How ashamed is that? Yes. I believe, still to this day, he's the last 
MVP kicker. He he won an NFL regular season MVP award as a field goal kicker. That will never happen in today's age because back then they actually tried to give it to a person who they thought was the most valuable player on their team, and now it's just who's the most popular player in the whole league, and that will always go to a quarterback for the most part. Every once in a while, you might get a receiver. You might get some defensive stud. Nine times out of ten, it's the quarterback. I would say, as far as the fan attendance rating, uh, what would you say, 50-50? About, yeah. A little bit more Washington, but the Bills did travel real good. First, you know, you look at the Cardinals game and versus the Bills game, and the Bills, a lot more blue in the stadium, you know? I was... I was thinking we would see a lot of Bills fans just because, yes, I know the Bills do travel well. Um, but I was hoping that we would see more Washington fans than we did. Like I said, it was eh, 50-50. If anything, 60-40. It was, there, were, there were a lot of Bills fans. So week one happened. The whole the, the, the celebration of Dan Schneider is no longer the owner here, and the fans are basically coming to celebrate. The fans didn't really come to watch Arizona because we'd never thought Arizona was a threat. So we know the fans really came as a big F you to Dan Snyder. We have a new owner, and now that's over. So week one happened, bang, you know, you're, you're, you're into the next home game, and you kind of see the same pattern where it's a lot of visiting jerseys and there's a lot of weird jerseys once again you got the guy wearing the Jets jersey you got the guy wearing the Miami jersey the guy wearing a jersey that you're like what are you doing like you you know what I mean like you realize your team ain't playing here today hell they probably weren't even playing it was probably like a freaking Monday night game or something you know it's it's whatever um then on to the game the Buffalo Bills get the ball, and they come out, and they get a field goal. And then Washington gets the ball, and they get inside of the 30, Braden. They get they get inside of the opposing team, so they are getting close to red zone. You have a sack, and then you have an interception. Yep, story of the game, really. <laughs> it was all day long like that. Yep. The next possession, the Bills get it, and it's basically a very easy touchdown pass to Davis. I don't know what happened there, but he was kind of wide open for a 30-something yard, right? Mm-hmm. And then that makes it 10 to nothing. The Bills are up 10-0. Washington gets the ball back, and then Washington um, – we get what? What is that when we got? Um, yes, that's when we got the ball and we got all the way. <coughs> excuse me, we got all the way to the one yard line. It's third and goal from the one, and we run a shotgun run, and then we run a pass. Yep, and it, it was third and one at third and goal. Me and you were both looking at each other and said, 
seriously during shot. Like, we didn't have to say none. We just, like, shotgun, really, from the one-yard line. Like, we thought that was maybe a Scott Turner thing. And, come on, the enemy, you're bringing this along now? It's just common. Like, that's that's seven points we don't get the entire game right there because you want to be an idiot and line up backwards. Go forward with it. I, you know, I didn't understand that by the enemy on him. My, I don't know. Are you, what are you thinking on that? I hated the call. I hated it because one of two things. When you're on the one-yard line, the field is shortened, right? You really can't pass at that point. When you go from a shotgun and you are calling a run out of a shotgun, what you are doing is you are hiking the ball back to your quarterback who then has to hand it either to the left or to the right of the running back, and then the running back has to then start his momentum going forward. It's simple physics. Did you ever take science class? If you have something that weighs a certain weight and it is moving at a certain speed forward, it takes X amount of force to stop that. If you are taking away that man's speed versus his weight versus his forward movement, you are taking away his advantage. You are giving the advantage to the defense. I hate the shotgun run on whatever and goal. When you need one yard and you are doing that, that's the dumbest play. I hate it. It works maybe 50% of the time, maybe 40, maybe 30. But, Braden, do you know what works 94% of the time? QB sneak. Not just a QB sneak. So we have talked about this play on this podcast. Once again, we are normally ahead of the curve, Braden. I sat on here and I told you Carson Wentz was done, and Carson Wentz still does not play for anybody. I told you a bunch of stuff, and I'm not even going to keep on going. I told you that the best play to get one yard right now, it's called the tush push. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the... It's the rugby play. It's the rugby scrum. It's You just line everyone up real tight, and you just push forward. The offense has the advantage. The offense knows when they're snapping the ball. The offense has every advantage. The quarterback is not turning it around to hand it off. The quarterback is just moving forward with the line moving forward. Now with two 200-and-something-pound running backs behind him, you could put tight, you could put whatever you want behind him, and now they are pushing that person forward, everything in the offense is moving forward. When you decide it's moving forward, the defense has to wait on you. That is an almost guaranteed one yard every time. It's 94%. There is no other play in the history of the offense that's 94%. The NFL wanted to ban that play because it is almost automatic, and yet our old-ass coaches can't get it through their freaking head to adjust with times and call the simple freaking play that works. Yeah, you hit the you you, you got that right. I couldn't I couldn't explain to you why your enemy needs to go at a shotgun with one yard and why Scott Turner last year had to do toss plays and crap with one yard. We just the game's simple, man. It's very simple. Look at the ice bowl, one yard QB sneak, you know. Lombardi did it now. All the way to today's day and age. And what did Lombardi say? He said, 
you can't get one yard, don't deserve to be champion. You don't deserve the win. If you can't get one yard, you don't deserve it. Washington was third and one, Braden. So after this play, guess what happened? They lost a yard. Now it's fourth and two. If you run that play, which is 94% effective, and you don't get it on third, you know what happens when you run it on fourth? You're going to get it. Because you're not going to lose anything. If anything, you might gain You You should always gain something. Slow-ass Tom Brady could quarterback sneak it for a yard every time. You know why? Because as a quarterback, the only thing you have to do it does not matter where your feet are at. It does not matter where your body is. It does not matter if you can run. It's when you hike it under center and you just extend the ball and you pull it back. Forward progress is where the ball last was forward. Pull it, push it a yard, pull it back. That's a one-yard gain. But everybody wants to say, that's just so cheap. That's just so dumb. I don't care. That's the NFL rule. Until they change it, you should continue to do it because it is almost automatic. There is no other play that is that automatic. 94% rating. Yep, Eric the enemy needs to be having that written in his playbook going into the Eagles game. <laughs> or maybe the Eagles will do it on us, and he'll be like, man, man I should start using this. They don't get it on third. They lose a yard. And then on fourth down, they go for a pass, and the pass was not even to anybody. I guess nobody was open, so he decided to spike it in the end zone. Like, at that point, just 30 interception maybe. I don't know. Hope to get a pass interference call. Do something. Don't just throw it down where there was 0% chance of a completion. But that's what we did. Move forward. The Bills get another field goal, and there's two minutes left. This game's close. It's almost halftime. Sam Howe gets it, Braden, with one minute and 15 seconds left at this point. I guess I don't understand, like, why we're not just running the clock out or what we're doing here. But he throws another interception. I, Yeah, I was, I was furious right there. I was about to say, you ready to Get out of here, but I saw last week what happened after halftime. I was like, all right, I, I got some hope still. But, man, I couldn't. Yeah, man, I don't know if the Bills are running some great defensive scheme or if Sam Howell just wasn't seeing something right because he, what, four, a total of four interceptions, right? Yeah, I'm going to keep going down the list. So that's an interception with 115 left. So this is another three points that should not have happened. It was 13 to 0 at that point. That should have been the halftime score, but guess what? It wasn't because the Bills get a field goal because of that interception. So now you're at 16 0 at halftime, Braden. Third quarter happens. Washington gets inside of the 20 again. We are in the red zone again. Another interception. Taking points off the board. At this point, you can say what you want. I've seen a lot of people. And they try to put the blame on Jack Del Rio. They try to put the blame on the defense. You want to blame our defensive line. You want to blame our secondary. You want to blame the defense. Let me explain something to you. This guy threw interceptions all day long. 
our defense after the third quarter, Braden, it was 16 to 0. 16 to 0. That is still a manageable game. You can still come back. The defense did not lose this game at this point. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was saying. Like, last week we came back from 18 points, you know? Like, and we looked way worse. This, like, the defense, they put up 37, but it's not the defense's fault whatsoever. No, because that <laughs> 37 points was not against the defense. Not all those were yeah, defense. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Bills, look how many offensive plays the Bills ran and how many opportunities they gave and what, where they're at in the field. Like, Sam Howell. He just gave he just gave the Bills the ball, you know. Now I want to go to the fourth quarter, Braden. Your boy Antonio Gibson. We have the ball. We are on the opposite side of the field, so we're we are on, you know, their side. And he fumbles it again at like the thirty. Basically, you are already in scoring position at that point. You gave Buffalo. So this this is what I mean as far as the defense. So the offense turned the ball over. Antonio Gibson turns the ball over inside, or I'm sorry, I should say close to red zone, but inside scoring position where at this point, you know, Buffalo's at least coming away with three. And you're going to try to blame that on the defense because it's going to count against the defense. But the defense did not let the Bills have the ball on the 30. Our offense did. Our running back did because he can't hold the ball. Year after year, he can't hold it. Yeah. But let's blame the defense, right? Let's blame the defense. Yeah, I want to know what Eric Bieniemy said to him when he got to the sideline. He, I hope he punched him right in the mouth. <laughs> he might have. Josh Allen then rushes one in, Braden. Now it's 23-0. to zero. The wheels at this point are starting to fall off. Oh, they've been falling off since that fumble. You have a game that is in reach. Your offense has turned the ball over. Your defense is trying their damnedest here to hold up. The dam is trying to hold back this surge. But the water is just pushing and it's pushing and it's pushing. It's cold. It's rainy. And the wheels kind of fall off, Raiden. Another interception at like the 30 again. Thirty to zero at this point. Like, I, I believe that was the touchdown. Was that the one? I I think he threw the interception and they ran it back in. Yes, I believe he threw it, and it was like a thirty-yard interception return. You know what I mean? Like, once again, so there's a touchdown that our defense did not give up. That counts against us. And everybody says we, the defense, gave up thirty-seven. The defense did not give up 37. Please educate yourself. Please know what you're talking about. The defense held up as best they could. At this point, Braden, it's 30-0. to zero, And now you start to put the backups in. And by now, most of the stadium has left. It's The Bills just rushed one in. It's 38 to nothing, And then in the last minute or whatever, Washington gets a field goal. Yay. Yay, 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 okay. Washington gets a field goal, 38-3 loss. So let me ask you, like, who's at fault? 
So I guess I'll ask a combination here. So how did you feel like, give me an overview of how you thought about that whole game. So overview, I want to say like the team, I, I want to blame the entire team and say it was just like a god awful performance, this and that. But, you know, you look at the game, you watch the game, and like we were just saying, it's not it's not really the defense whatsoever, which is you know a good thing. It's it's Sam Howe and the enemy. They like they just look like they are off. We go against the Cardinals week one, the Broncos week two. The Broncos let up seventy points. Uh, you know the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in the league. We get two easy teams. We get our first real test, and then they fail and they fail big time. And the sad part is that we're worried about. The, the Bills' offense and Josh Allen, our defense does its part. So that's that's my biggest concern is the offense and Sam Howe. We finally go up against a team that has respectable players on the other side of the ball, and we look like that. Like, how are we going to beat teams in our in our division? Philly, Dallas. That, that, that was a concern to me. The first you know real test game and Sam Howe and Bienemy both looked like that. My biggest concern and my biggest red flags and my biggest gripe is going to be on the offense. So before I get to that point, I do want to poke at the defense real quick. There's no way you can go out here and allow Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to beat you like that. And what I mean is, when you look at the greatest head coach of all time, some would say, Belichick, Braden. Belichick has a very simple, because that's going to be the key to this podcast, actually. If I, if I had a name for it, it would be, I, I remember as a kid, there was an acronym, KISS, K-I-S-S. It was Keep It Simple Stupid. And then I think somebody got their, their, their feelings hurt because they, they put stupid at the end of it. So then it was just Keep It Simple. The main thing is keeping it simple. Belichick says this, Graydon. You might beat me, but I am not going to allow you to beat me by your best offensive weapon. So pick your second and third. Maybe you'll win, but you're not going to beat me by your best. Who's their best wide receiver? Diggs. And the quarterback is one of the best in the league, right? This defense allowed the best wide receiver to beat them. We had zero sacks. Stephon Diggs was 12 for 8. 111 yards, Braden. Josh Allen was 20 for 32, 218 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we have no sacks. Seems horrible, especially how great our D line is supposed to be. We let up a big performance by Diggs, but Allen only has 200 yards. And we can win with that. We can. I don't even know what they did on the rushing game. I feel like the rushing game wasn't really there much. But what? Do you, do you have the rushing game? No, because the only thing that I can remember, the only thing that stuck out to me was. Every time they needed something, 
it seemed like the same exact play. It seemed like Stefan Diggs ran up the field, turned around because we ran a zone, and he just sat in one spot and Allen threw him the ball. Yep. Or, or if that didn't work, we think we have him, and Allen does a stupid scramble breakaway, and they get a first down. So what was the what did you just ask me a second ago? You just said something about no sacks and do you remember what you just asked or no? I, I said um you had did you have the record for that? No, it wasn't that oh, um, yeah. whatever. No that's sacks. okay. It does it's fine, don't worry about it. Um So then let me ask you this, Braden. Who, in your opinion, is more at fault here as far as the offense? So now I want to shift the attention to the offense. Actually, I, I have exactly what I want to talk about, so don't let me forget to ask you. But I will ask you this question next. Who's at more fault, Eric the Enemy or Sam Howe? Who's at more fault for this? Let me actually extend that. The Washington offense, Sam Howe was sacked nine times, Braden. Those nine sacks remind me of last year when we played the Philadelphia Eagles. We had Carson Wentz. Remember that game? Yeah. And Carson Wentz got sacked nine times against the Philadelphia Eagles. And everybody blamed the offensive line. And then when we played the Philadelphia Eagles the second time, when we had Heineke in there. We did not get sacked nine times. And a matter of fact, we walked out of Philly with the W. That tells me that you had a team that didn't really change that much. You changed the quarterback and things change so my question to you now that you know that this reminded us it reminded me of the philly game nine sacks but he threw four interceptions who is this on is this on sam howe or is this on eric the enemy yeah i mean it has to it would have to be on Sam Howe. You can't just going out there. And you're the you're the guy playing. You're the guy on the field. You're the guy that you're the guy that's going to get the blame. You're the guy that has four interceptions, throwing the throwing two of them in scoring position. I mean, the enemy is doing all he can. I don't agree with the goal line calls and lineup from shotgun, but look, you got. You can't turn the ball over, and the enemy can't really do much when his quarterback's turning it over. He gives the ball to his running back. He fumbles the ball. Like, that's five turnovers, and, it, like, I was about to say, the enemy's pulling his hair out, but you know, he doesn't have any. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, the enemy's like, are you serious? Like, why are you doing, making that read? Or that's, you know, that's what's going on in my head. Like, you can't, you would rather take a sack in those positions versus throw the ball and turn the ball over as much as we take nine sacks and we hate it. Or just throw the ball away. Like you turn the ball over is just all on the quarterback. It's not nothing with the coordinators. So and doing it four times, especially twice in scoring position, it has to be on how.
The offensive coordinator did not throw the passes, I agree. But it is the offensive coordinator's job to, one, design plays. This, I don't know why I feel like a broken record. I thought Eric Bieniemy was going to change stuff, and I feel like this is a Scott Turner offense. It is your job to design plays to your players' strengths. And Sam Howe is not seeing the field great. For whatever reason, I saw multiple times where there was a check down right in front of him, and he did not just throw that little two-yard pass where nobody was near that guy. That is on Sam Howe 100%. But then that's on Eric Bieniemy not to get in Sam Howe's face and confront him about that. At some point, you got to stop worrying about people's feelings and you got to start worrying about wins and you can't stop you know they, you can't be soft in this business. These are bullies out here. They want to take your lunch money. Are you going to let them take it or are you going to fight? You got to fight. And if Sam Howe can't get it, if he's too stupid to know to check the ball down, well then maybe something needs to happen here. You know, I'm not in any way suggesting we should put Jacoby Brissett in, but what I am saying is the coaches need to get a fire under Sam Howe because I've seen this, Braden. I sat here and I told you, when we played the Ravens, this was my biggest red flag. We had first stringers in a freaking preseason game against second and third stringers, and we looked like total dog crap. That's for a reason. That's because either the scheme sucks or the players suck. There's one of two things here. And if you're the coach and if you believe your scheme is right, then you better start making changes out there. You better start changing up your offense. You better start changing up your offensive line. You better start changing up your tight ends, your running backs, your whatever it is you think that sucks because at the end of the day, when this season's over, you're all getting fired if you don't make the change. Something when you cannot go out there and run a simple, and I said this to you, Braden, if you can't run a very simple high school offense, you're an NFL starter, and you can't beat an NFL backup or third string. Hell, there's probably fourth stringers out there that didn't make the team. And you can't score against that. That's coaching. That's coaching because you did not teach that guy how to do it. It's coaching that Antonio Gibson is still getting the ball and still fumbling it, Braden. What would you do with Antonio? He wanted to be here. Say, you're out. You, you'd <laughs> cut him. Yep. I mean, that's all he does is fumble it. Like, come on now. I'm going to tell you right now. J.D. I, McKissick or Antonio? I'd take J.D. Exactly. But He's, they didn't. Yeah, but you could probably find someone just like him. I'm going to tell you a story. There's the New York Giants. There's a running back by the name of Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber used to fumble the ball like crazy, Braden. But a coach, I believe it was the running back's coach. Maybe it was the offensive coordinator or the head coach. I don't know. But I know a coach told him, you need to change the way you're holding the ball. I want you to hold the ball up high and tight. I want your right-hand ball, you know what I mean? I want your hand on the outside. I want the ball against your chest on the left side and your elbow under the bottom. 
He changed the way he carried the ball. Tiki Barber went on to have a great NFL career because a coach coached him and told him what he was doing wrong, told him how to fix it, and he listened. If he didn't listen, I would hope that NFL coach would fire him. What I'm trying to tell you right now is if there is a coach on this Washington staff that thinks Antonio is doing something wrong, which he is because he fumbles it all the time, so that's not for debate. And you, as the offensive coordinator, as the head coach, as the running backs coach, any one of you three don't have the guts to tell him how to start to hold the ball, make him start to change it up, then cut him, or you should get fired because you can't do your job. Well, I don't think I don't think there's much time for Gibson. I think he's in the short leash. You know, I think I, we see a fumble within the next three weeks. I don't think we're going to see him again. My prediction, but hey, maybe maybe they'll let him stick around. If I'm Eric the enemy, you know what I do to prove a point. What's that? And actually, you know what Ron Rivera should do because Ron Rivera. And this front office thought it was so great not to address our offensive line, which, do you think the offensive line has something to do with the nine sacks? Yeah. We just had a draft, and we didn't draft any offensive linemen to start the draft, right? But yet, we take running backs, right? Yeah. Well, if you have a running back that was so much better than your offensive lineman that you needed, maybe you should sit Antonio, and maybe you should start playing the running back that you drafted ahead of a position that you needed more. That sounds like a great idea to me. Even if he's not better, you know why you do it? You do it to prove a point. You say, Antonio, you're sitting this week because you fumbled. You know what? Next week, I'll give you another opportunity. But at some point, you have to start being accountable. You have to make people accountable for their actions. You can't allow somebody to keep going out there and failing or they're just going to continue to fail. You have to step up as a coach. You have to step up as a leader and say, I'm doing this for you. I'm sitting you this week. I need you to watch this. I need you to learn. I'm going to put you back in. And one week from now, Thursday night against the Bears, I will have you back in the game. But this week you were sitting because you continue to make the same mistake over and over and over. And if you do it after that, then it's going to be a worse punishment. It's one game off because you can't get this right. They've had to address it by now. If they haven't addressed it, shame on the coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Why is Eric Bieniemy not calling plays to get his quarterback in a rhythm? Braden, we sat here and I said, since the freaking preseason game, there's no rhythm to their offense. There's no rhythm. When you watch a good offense, the freaking Dolphins just put up 70. When you watch that offense, you know what you see rhythm. You see it's, it's, it's timing. It's, it's when the ball snapped, it's back, the ball's out, the ball's out. It's snap, ball's out. Back, snap. You know what I mean? Like there's no standing around. There's no confusion. It's a very smooth. There's a rhythm to it. That's an offense that is hitting at all cylinders. And this offense is not, Braden. So why hasn't Eric Bieniemy been able to call plays to get this in a rhythm? It's weird because week one, 
in the whole preseason, I don't think we find a rhythm. Week two, we don't find a rhythm. But then in the second half, we come out and we find a rhythm. We, we come on here and we talk about the screen game working and the offense was picking up yards. Ryan Robinson with a big game, two rushing touchdowns. Sam Howell making us come back. We looked great. We were in a rhythm. We kept seeing the screen pass pop up over and over again. The offense looks amazing. We come out here week three. I don't see a screen pass whatsoever. I don't see them running the ball and trying to set play. I, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't see any rhythm. And I thought we were going to follow over from last week with the screen passes as part of our rhythm, as part of being our signature, and within it. So I'm. Yeah, I. I'm. I'm confused. I. I, th- I don't know if. if the enemy knows his identity and what he has yet with the team or not yet, but you would have liked to see some rhythm, especially after the week two game. And you know, I thought we had it. This team lacks identity. That's the problem. It what are we? Are we a defensive team? Are we an offensive team? Because we we haven't been. Are we a smash mouth team? Are we nasty? They don't even know what that. And that's the problem. You got to get an identity. You have to establish an identity. If you're a defensive team, that's fine. Just smash people. And then if you're a defensive team, your offense is just asked to not screw it up. Just exactly what Hal did last week. Sam Howell, if if our defense honestly just plays like it has the past three weeks, has played fine to me. If Sam Howell plays like Alex Smith, this is a playoff team. If Sam Howell plays like Kirk Cousins, this is a playoff team. If Sam Howell can be safe with the ball, we're a playoff team. I agree 100%. That's all I've been preaching. If he can finish 15, I'm not saying one, I'm not saying five, I'm not even saying 10. I'm trying to keep the expectations low. 15, that's it. You just have to be a little better. You have to be average to a little bit better. That's all we need. This defense only gave up 16 points, Braden. And now that reminds me of what I wanted to bring up to you earlier. So for everybody blaming the defense and everybody thinking that Washington got blown out in this game 37-3, to realize this, Braden. We had the ball three times in scoring position. Three times. If we scored touchdowns on those three times, that's 21 points. Do you realize we're winning the game 21-16 at that point? Yep. If we don't get touchdowns and we only get field goals, because I am a believer in taking points. If it's field goals, if it's touchdowns, whatever you can get, you can get. We would have only been down a touchdown. Yeah, I was, I was mad at the game, but it's like, I w- it was, a, it was a different type of mad. It wasn't a mad as, dang, we're getting blown out, we're getting stomped on. It's a mad as, we can be in this, we can win this. And yeah, people are going to view this game and look at us as like we got blown out, even though they're just you know people are just looking at the score. They're not watching the game, and we we lost ourselves the games. The Bills the Bills did not beat us. 
now. We beat ourselves. You're absolutely right. And to prove my point, let me ask you another question. I asked you why Eric Bannemi is not calling plays to get his quarterback in a rhythm. And what I mean by that is you will hear offensive coordinators say, when I have a young quarterback, I try to design. It's just quick little one to two yard passes, Braden. It's to try to get his quarterback a little confidence. You go out there, a little completion, a little completion, a little completion, right? It's to build confidence. It's to get you moving, right? It's to get your offense moving. It's not going for the touchdown. It's just, let's just get a couple yards. Let's get a couple yards. Let's get a couple yards. Let's get into a rhythm. Let's get my quarterback feeling good about himself. That's what that's about. And he's not doing that. And or he is calling those plays and Sam Howell is just being ignorant and looking down the field. Then don't even have a receiver. That That's my point. We can blame Sam Howell, but at some point, Eric Bieniemy, take that choice out of his hand. Like, take that choice away from him. Only call, I mean, we have offensive plays that are just crossing patterns, right, or, or five-yard ins and outs. Like, we can call plays that we don't have anybody running deep down the field. Yeah, yep, make it nice and simple. Yep, in and out, in and out. Keep the tight end. How about that? How about we keep a tight end and a running back in for max protection because our offensive line can't protect. So how about if we take maybe two receivers that we wanted to send out and we keep them into block to help our sucky offensive line, if that's what you think the problem is, and you just send three receivers out. Or how about this one, Braden? How about I blow your mind with this one? B-Rob had 10 rushes for 70 yards. Antonio had two rushes for 17 yards. 10 for 70, Braden, that's a 7-yard average. 2 for 17, that's a 8.5-yard average. If you have running backs that are running for 7 and 8 yards a clip, why are you not running the ball? It doesn't even matter what the, you know, what numbers and how many yards they have. It, you look at Sam Howell's your quarterback. He's basically a rookie quarterback. It's any quarterback that you want to be should have somebody help take the load off him. You know, he Sam Howell shouldn't have to do all of this. Then we have Robinson, perfect guy for us. We got a great defense, and you got a power runner. Like you want a guy to bruise the defense and make it hard. You know, those two yards, three yards, four yards, all adds up throughout the game. Where the defense down, and Eric Bieniemy just doesn't seem to get that as a freaking running backs coach, you know? Like, come on, man. This like I feel like I feel like B Rob is the perfect like guy for Bieniemy too. Right, B Rob has B Rob is the perfect style for Bieniemy's coaching in my like in my eyes how I look at it. Washington has played three games, Braden. And in three games, three three regular season games, you won't even count the preseason, which was my first big red flag, and it was flying high and it was flying hard because I saw it. Let's only talk about the three regular season games. Three games. That's 12 quarters, correct? At a 12 quarters rate, and Washington's offense has only looked good for two. 
as much praise as I gave Eric Bieniemy against the Broncos because I thought the light switch went off. I believe I said that. Like, it went off. Yes. Like, they got it. They realize it through the screen. As much praise as I gave him, I have to send the same amount of fault now. It's his fault. He's the guy who's calling it. If you called a game plan that was working against the Broncos, why would you just abandon that game plan? I think every single fan in the stadium was thinking the same thing. Like I just, I mean, we we barely see any screen passes against the Bills, and that's what we saw the majority of the you know time that worked against the Broncos. And the screen pass that third and twenty-one does not count. Yeah, that's yeah. a cop out of an offensive coordinator who is too scared to try to go for it. So they do that bullshit because they're going to punt it the very next play because they know their guy's not getting it. That's that. That's a cop out. Basically, you ran two plays, and on third down, you've already made your mind up that you're going to punt it. Yep. Yeah. So stop with the, oh, we ran. No. We ran some screens on third and long, but we didn't run them like we did against the Broncos. Sam Howe also reminds me of Kirk Cousins, Braden. Kirk Cousins, how's that? I remember when Shanahan put Kirk Cousins in, and Kirk Cousins was trying to do more than maybe he should, and he was trying to fit the ball in areas, and he was throwing a lot of interceptions. I don't know if you remember that or not, but he was throwing a lot of interceptions. The fan base was like, oh, get Kirk Cousins out of here. He sucks. And then Jay Gruden comes around, right? Jay Gruden takes over because for some reason our old owner believed that Jay Gruden was a smarter offensive coach than the Shanahan's. Uh, you know, and McVay and, you know, we can keep going. The Dolphins just scored 70, like, that, that offensive system works. But whatever, let's not talk about that. Let's continue to talk about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins was a quarterback who threw the ball downfield. And I don't dislike that. I liked it. Like, I didn't see... Okay, yes, were there times that he threw the ball where he should not have 100%. But somewhere along the line... Jay Gruden coached him, and hey, credit to Jay Gruden, right? Jay Gruden probably made Cousins a lot of money, Braden, because he told him, just check the ball down. And Captain Checkdown, Captain Kirk Cousins, is on the Vikings right now, and he is 0-3, Braden. But if you look at his numbers, because everybody wants to talk about numbers, right? And I've sat here and I told you before, there is a such thing as Empty numbers. Kirk Cousins is good in between the 20s, meaning, you know, if he gets the ball on his 30, he can go down to about the 20, and then they're probably going to kick a field goal. He doesn't, like, you know, throw these and does these crazy offensive plays. He's a check-down master. 
meaning he might throw for 400 yards a game, but in reality, he might have only thrown the ball 20 yards forward progress that whole game. His running back or his receiver or his tight end are the ones who then ran that ball for the 40-yard touchdown or the 50-yard touchdown or the 60-yard touchdown. The only problem that happens with that is when you get inside of your red zone, the defense shrinks up. So I do not want a Kirk Cousins in that aspect, Braden. But the reason why I said he reminds me of Cousins is because you can tell him kind of the same thing here. Like, show him the film. And show him how you tried to make this throw, you tried to make that throw, and you threw interceptions. And then show him that guy who was two yards in front of him, three yards in front of him, and then explain, just throw it to him. Let that guy get your yards for you. You don't always have to push the ball downfield. So if you could take a little bit of that philosophy of the Kirk Cousins, the Kirk Cousins who was young, who is like the Sam Howe who was young and the guy who tried to force the ball, who was getting hit while he was throwing, who couldn't step into it, who threw interceptions because it was not the smart thing to do. And if you can teach him to just check it down, we got something. But I also don't want him to lose that edge and I don't want him to try to rifle one in there. Like, when we need it, we need it. Because Kirk Cousins also would piss me off, Raiden, when we would go to the game. I remember being at the Colts game, and we were down, and it's the fourth quarter, and there's like five minutes left, and you're down by 15 or 16 points. And at some point, I would rather you throw an interception trying than you keep doing the two-yard pass in front of you every time because, great, you got in field goal range, but the clock ran out, and you still lost by two scores because you didn't want to throw the interception. There's a time and a place for everything. So, one quarter, two quarter, three quarter, right? You're safe. You don't do the turnover. When it gets late in the game, and if you're losing, hell, let it all go, right? In this game, we were only down by 16. At no point in this game that I ever felt like we were going to lose this game. It didn't look like we were going to win it, but it wasn't over until the very end. And if Sam Howe would, if he would not have thrown any interceptions and then that last 10 minutes, Braden, he would have thrown three because he was like, we were down by 16 and I was just trying to make something happen because we didn't have anything happen all day. I would have applauded that, right? He, he was smart enough to know when to take those chances. And basically what he was trying to say is our offense wasn't going to score the way we were doing it. So I tried to change and my numbers, my numbers, you know, were affected by that because Kirk Cousins' numbers aren't affected by that, and that's getting him rich because people, they just want to look at numbers and then they want to say, well, this guy threw this many touchdowns and this many interceptions, but he's not a winner. He's a loser. I don't care about, you know, look at Brett Favre. Brett Favre threw more interceptions and touchdowns, and he has, you know, more Super Bowls. So who's the better quarterback here, Brett Favre or Kirk Cousins? My point being, at some point, you just got to be smart enough early in the game to do the check down. So I'm all for it. And then later in the game, you can take your chances. And I, like I said, when, when, when I was a kid, Braden, it was 
keep it simple. It's this isn't a complicated thing. If you do the simple things great, if you need one yard, and I don't understand, actually, I, I think I get it. Now you're ESPN, now you're Fox Sports, and now everybody's saying, oh, well, what about the Philadelphia Eagles and the push-push and this and that, and now they want to try to say, like, whatever they want to say about it, it's dumb, it's whatever. Dude, it's the NFL rules. If they are going to give you an automatic one yard, basically, because 94% tells you that's a damn near automatic, Braden, you're getting one yard every time you run that play. That's why the NFL thought about getting rid of it, because it was so automatic, they don't like that. And if you are so hard-headed and you think it's cheap, then you're stupid. Let me put this a, a different way, Braden. Right now, if I pulled a $100 bill out of my pocket and I said, Braden, I will give you this $100 bill for nothing, or we can go in the backyard, Braden, and I'll give you a basketball, and you can shoot a three-pointer. If you make it, you get it, and if you don't, you don't get it. What would you do? Take it for free. Because you know what? That's a guaranteed you have it. It's common sense, people. Get over your feelings. Get over yourself. I don't care if you think it's cheating. I don't care if you think it's a cheap way to get it. Until the NFL fixes the rule, it's the rule. And now let me ask you this. Wouldn't it be fitting, Braden, is if Washington goes into Philly and this game is tied up and there's a minute left in the game, or hell, there's 10 seconds left in the game. I don't care. Whatever it is, the game's coming to an end. And we're on the one-yard line, and we do a push-push to win the game. I just don't see us. I just don't even see us doing that play call. I I. I could see that all happening, and then, of course, getting all hyped up, saying, they're going to do it, they're going to do it to Philly, and I'm coming out in the shotgun. So I don't even want to think about that. No, I'm saying that would be poetic justice, right? Oh, yeah. But I agree with you. Our, our, our old head coaches who can't get over their self, who think, oh, that's cheap, you know what I mean? And, you know, when I walked to school, it was – Three foot of snow, and I didn't have any shoes. Well, guess what? There's a school bus now, and there's a such thing as tennis shoes, and there's rain boots, and there's everything you want. Like, guess what? It, it's not your day. It's a new day. Adjust with the times. Let's stop being stupid here, Braden. As far as the good, the bad, the ugly, what do you got? Hey, good. We'll go to the defense or you know, playing hard all game, sticking through it, trying to help the offense out. The bad, we're going to, uh, oh, man. I always have a trouble with bad and ugly, uh, you know, mixing them up. The bad, I'm just going to go Sam Howell throwing four interceptions, and the ugly is just the score. The score was more uglier than the game. Yeah, for me, there was really no good. Well, so I'll call it the will. We'll get that. Okay, so the bad and the ugly is Jake, right? It was, it was the game the weather and the offense and the lack of um, rhythm and the the woo. It can actually, that's all pregame. That's the NFL legends. That's you getting to meet with B. Mitch and Santana Moss and all of the legends can get a woo. 
the tailgate, corner can get a will. And that's really about it. I, I, I can't really give any player because nobody really deserves it. Nope. That's, yeah, I was sitting here thinking player, player, player. First thing that came to mind was good was just defense. And even, yeah, like you said, no sacks. I did, I don't even know if we got an interception. It didn't Nothing stood out. Yeah. It didn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. We did. Kendall Fuller got one and he got in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it didn't. But, but hey, yeah. that's my man, Fuller. I told you he's probably going to leave. Anyway, go ahead. Hit me with the – come on, let's go. On to the Philly game. What's happening in this game? Woo! Going into Philly. Philly's undefeated. We go in there. I think Philly takes over. I think Philly 31, Washington 23. We take the L. We go back to 2-2. Two two. Our hopes are not so high. We're questioning every enemy. We're questioning everything right here after this game. Hope not, but my prediction is set. I got Washington's not as bad. This game was a lot closer than people realize. We did not lose as bad as that score indicated. But Philly does have a better offensive line. They have a good defensive line. They built their house on a rock. We built our defense on a rock, meaning our line. We used to have a rock of an offensive line. That's how you build a house on a sturdy foundation. Ron Rivera let those pieces go. Our offensive line's not there. I think it's a damn close game, Braden, and I got us losing at the very end, 23-20 to 20 as well. So let's bring in the baby, see what he's got to say. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting eagles. Got him! I got him! I shot him! The eagles are going down. You got Browns arguing with Hurts. As a matter of fact, it hurts to watch Hurts play. Hurts is playing like garbage. Hurts is going to throw an interception at the end of this game. Hurts is going to cost the Philadelphia Eagles this game. The Washington Commanders win this game 27 to 20. This has been Commanders Uncensored, baby! So long, farewell, I'll be just saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.